Namaste. Prayers and meditations. And we take today a prayer which reveals to us uh, what should be our state. What should we do when we look back and realize that we have made a mistake? Very often people ask this question, oh, I have made a mistake. So there are dif- different human ways which are suggested that, okay, uh, we should um, go and say sorry or that is all right. But worst is that when we enter into a state of guilt, we enter into a state of depression. That is the worst thing because it is not helping anyone. Then there is the conception of Paschatap and Prashit. Uh, Paschatap literally means, uh, actually it's a very interesting word. Prashit means that we overcome it. So Prashit is a, in a way a good word means we change that, we turn that energy into its opposite. That means true Prashit is supposing there was a feeling of hatred and we realize it's not a good thing. So we turn it into uh, feelings of love. Very consciously and deliberately we have to do it. It's not about uh, forgiving and wanting to forgive oneself. Forgiving oneself or forgiving somebody is uh, the most, it's quite an absurd thing though. It's all right, it may satisfy some sentiments. But forgiving oneself means what? It means we don't want to really change, we want to remain what we are. Forgiving someone means I am assumed a very superior position that somebody wronged me and I have forgiven, I am someone. It's a very self-righteous and pretentious position. But the right attitude is when somebody does something to us, we should face it with equanimity and offer it to the divine. What when we make a mistake and we realize that time obviously we got angry, we uh, let the handle throw off as they say, <laughs> let the speech be moved by uh, you know vibrations of anger and uh, or even other things, many kinds of things uh, we do in life. Uh, so what do what should we do when we recognize it? Suddenly going into depression, guilt and despair is the worst thing. Because the moment we take that, then all these adverse forces come and they will push us on the brink to even thoughts of unfitness, suggestions to go away, feeling even it can take to an extreme that, you know, God's grace is not there with me or even that there is nothing like a God's grace. You know, that's how people go into a slip into depression and ultimately they become victims of hostile forces which at one point even uh, come and, uh, you know, they can push us on the brink of self-harm and things like that. So that is certainly to be completely avoided. What we can do immediately is to offer it to the divine. Now, very often people say that I don't want to repeat this mistake and they do it hundred of times and it hundred first time it happens. So what is the right attitude? What is the right approach? This is what the mother is going to reveal to us. This prayer has a connection with the previous uh, prayer, which is of March 23rd, where she says that there are two kinds of people in this world. One are pessimists and second is optimists. So in summary, the previous prayer is about that any action which we do will always have a mixed response in this world. It's impossible to have an action which will all bear only good things. There will be no bad coming out of it. Uh, equally, even if it's a bad action, some good comes out of it. So there is nothing like a perfect action. If it comes to everybody will be happy. Some people uh, have this kind of ideal in the head and then they suffer. And unfortunately make others also suffer because they try to squeeze themselves to make everybody happy. The fact is we cannot make everybody happy. Uh, people have to find their happiness within. Uh, what we should have is goodwill for all. 
and um, there should be a state of goodwill no question of any injury or wanting to harm someone we should always want good of everybody in this creation but wanting to make others happy is the most impossible thing so she says there are some who are pessimist who always see the dark side of an action well action has both these things and some who are optimist they see only the bright side of action and why these things arise she says they arise because um, we are not yet in conformity with the divine law so this prayer connects with that march 24th 1914 the result of all my reflections of yesterday so this is prayer of march 24th 1914 and the prayer which is being referred to is march 23rd 1914 in the confirmation is the confirmation that the only trouble i experience comes from the fear that i have that i have not been or i am not perfectly identified with thy law and the mother used to experience this she says from childhood this was there that nothing in me should contradict the divine and she describes an experience amazing experience for a 7 year old child that when um, her brother matteo he asked her to you know get a book from the shelf it was little high and she climbed on the stool or something and stretched her hand and got it for him uh, something was there i have forgotten what it was and then he tells her don't tell this to anyone and then she says i felt a terrible unease inside my heart and i knew this is falsehood now imagine she is she not anything wrong she is not taken out something which is but this idea this feeling that i should hide from someone this feeling was not a healthy feeling at 7 year old she experienced it and she speaks about it subsequently in her conversations that here in the heart we will feel an unease of course if we learn to listen to it so she is uh, always wanting to do things in perfect alignment to the divine will and that's not easy and this trouble comes indeed from the fact that the identification is not complete for if it were complete i would not ask myself whether it was so or not so it then it's a spontaneous action but not spontaneous with the vital spontaneity but with the psychic and divine spontaneity with the spontaneity of the god so she has experienced it several times but time to time there is a lapse so you know she is showing us the way that well it happens she is the divine mother showing us that well in the beginning for a long time initially so to it is once in a while we are identified with the divine most activities we are not then slowly it grows then there are moments when we remember and moments when we forget then we have to grow in that consciousness slowly by the grace i know by experience all trouble would become impossible to me so she says that if i am completely identified all the time with thy law then there would be no problem at all then she reveals to us the take home point but in the presence of an error or false step taken the true thought we should have is not to say to ourselves i should have done better i should have done this instead of that because these are all mental notions but rather i was not sufficiently identified with the eternal consciousness i must strive to realize better this definitive and integral union 
So the only thing that we have to learn from everything is that I was not identified sufficiently with the divine. That is why I uh, felt this unease. That is why I had this disturbance, this trouble inside, this restlessness. If I was identified, I would experience a peace and joy. Now, there is nothing like a mental indication that we make a rule and say, oh, I should not have done this, I should have done that. If we make mental rules, then we know, you know, in the Bhagavad Gita, Sri Krishna even, Arjuna is called upon to do something which his moral sense, his sensations and his mind is abhorring from as something sinful. So it's not about our mental idea, but about the deep poise of inner union. Yesterday afternoon, during the long hours of silent contemplation, I understood at last what true identification is with the thing we are thinking of. I have touched, so to say, this realization, no longer by attaining a moral state. So again she is reminding us, very often moral notions prevent us from truly receiving the divine impulsion. But simply by fixity and mastery of the thought. So she is now showing us the way. Moral notions, for example, Buddha left uh, Yashodra and his child Rahul and went into the forest. Now morally it's not a good thing to do because you have to take care. But Buddha was impelled by his inner calling. Or Vivekananda left his mother and sister helplessly. Actually they didn't have enough money even to look after themselves and walked the path that he was destined to walk. Now imagine if a Buddha or Swami Vivekananda did not take that route and instead followed the moral notion of duty, then this world would have been deprived of such a wonderful gift. So she is saying that it is not by morality but by thought control. That means the thought must be mastered, which she lays a great stress on first to become aware of the thought, then to see whether my thought is aligned with my own inner highest calling or not, then to reject the thoughts which are not in tune with my highest truth and then to accept those thoughts which are fully aligned with it. So this is a basic practice and when we do it, eventually a time comes when the whole field of thought falls silent and only that flows through us which is in um, unity with the divine law. I understood that I needed long, very long hours of contemplation in order to be able to perfect this realization. This is one of the things I expect from my journey to India. So beautiful it is. If indeed thou regardest it as useful for thy service, O Lord. This is very touching. We want certain things. We want some experiences, some, you know, people, uh, even that becomes an egoistic state. I want this experience, that experience for what? To fan our ambition and ego? No, the thing we should ask for is thought mastery, mastery over nature, uh, of course, peace is a fundamental basis, equanimity, and all this only if the divine thinks it is useful for his service. So here also there is no mental notion, but offering it completely to the Lord and letting the divine take the final call. My progress is slow, very slow. Yes, for the Divine Mother, she is saying that and showing us what should be. <laughs> Though she is like a tornado rushing towards the goal. As she describes in one of her talks when somebody asked her, is it true that when you see a shooting star, you can realize your wish? So Mother gives her own example that she had seen a shooting star and 
that time she was constantly thinking of realizing union with the divine and she says that that same thought came to me and within 9 months she had realized it then she says it's not about the shooting star because what will be asked during the shooting star that which we are constantly thinking and wanting so shooting star means very few moments now what will be whatever is uppermost and constantly going on within us that comes to the forefront so she is saying that if thou wouldst wish to give it to me this what i expect from my journey to india and then she says my progress is slow very slow but constantly this state is there this aspiration but i hope that in compensation it is lasting and secure against all fluctuation so that means several times in yoga there will be ups and downs the vedic rishi speak of the night and the days uh, the and days that follow upon the night and so on and so forth and shubindu speaks of the night and the dawn suckling the divine child so there are di- times when we are we feel that we have to struggle a lot there are times when everything is beautiful and spontaneous and it comes to everybody it doesn't matter but there is a recompense for it if we have a great difficulty it also means that the realization will be more perfect and why these lapses occur because the realization has to be made more and more perfect it's like a master craftsman who is let's say working upon um, you know making a beautiful ornament Uh, and so he works on one part melts the iron then start shaping one part then another part then carves one part another part so slowly but at the end the whole thing is so beautiful and perfect so we should not grudge the time because this time is necessary for perfection if we are in haste if we are in impatience then one the time taken will be long and the product will be half baked product so she is teaching us patience grant that i may accomplish my mission that i may help in thy integral manifestation so what is her mission her mission is the integral manifestation of the divine upon earth we read this prayer again march 24 1914 the result of all my reflections of yesterday is the confirmation that the only trouble i experience comes from the fear i have that i have not been or i am not perfectly identified with thy law and this trouble comes indeed from the fact that the identification is not complete for if it were complete i could not ask myself whether it was so or not and on the other hand i know by experience all trouble would become impossible to me but in the presence of an error or false step taken the true thought we should have is not to say to ourselves i should have done better i should have done this instead of that but rather i was not sufficiently identified with the eternal consciousness i must strive to realize better this definitive and integral union yesterday afternoon during the long hours of silent contemplation i understood at last what true identification is with the thing we are thinking of 
I have touched, so to say, this realization, no longer by attaining a moral state, but simply by fixity and mastery of the thought. I understood that I needed long, very long hours of contemplation in order to be able to perfect this realization. This is one of the things I expect from my journey to India. If indeed thou regardest it as useful for thy service, O Lord, my progress is slow, very slow, but I hope that in compensation it is lasting and secure against all fluctuation. Grant that I may accomplish my mission, that I may help in thy integral manifestation. Namaste.